0: roll, yeah like i like people to imagine happens. that we literally walk into the room and just go yeah that's kind of what we just did sort just of like, but there was sort of. like 10 <laughs> minutes yeah. there's yeah, the to like I guess. basically waste a ton of good content <laughs> right. that we should have recorded th- which is usually how we <laughs> right. go. i get it mike
1: i get <laughs> <Yeah>. it <Okay. laughs>
0: a- no. aj vince co-host my co-host my producer wolf then wears wolf pack productions making us feel at home in his awesome new house the
1: studio is looking good man is it it's coming together
0: can I can I say, I should have run this by you, but can I say yeah. that if anyone wants to record a podcast that they can come do it at your house? Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? You could say that. Not our podcast, just like, hey, I have yeah. an idea. I'm going to do a podcast
1: about... Dog shit. Yep. And then they'll be like, yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, come I'll, on to my house. I'll give you 15 to a half hour if you can come up with that much content about dog shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just one episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, if you can believe it or not, we are on episode number 23 of the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, uh, doing another artist spotlight today. Got yeah. my buddy Dick Prawl and Billy Barton uh, of the band Dickey. Can I say that? Of yeah. the band Dickey? Is, yes. is that how you announce yourselves? That's how we do it. Nice. So, so Dicky so Dicky's a newer thing, though, right? Like Dicky's of
2: like maybe three, two, three years ago. About three years ago, a little about three and a half years ago, we released the last record. Is Dicky, and the reason it came about was that you know my uh, my my family always called me Dickie growing up and I always hated, A, I hated the name Dick, which is I'm sure Richard is a your, real your shocker. Name, right. Richard is my name, but my father was, went by Dick and I'll, I'll try to make this story brief, but we so I an hour, grew, bro. okay, will just <laughs> take up the hour about my name. be perfect. So I grew up with that name and I, you know, I hated it, uh, especially in a small town. You know, it was just, it sucked. Uh, hard to meet girls when your name is Dick. You know, just, you know the chuckles happen and you, know, you put your head down and you run out the door. <laughs> um, and so, so, I, I moved to Denver, Colorado when I was 18 years old. So, 1976? So, back yes. in, you know, 1876. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, this is my chance. I'll just, I want to go by Richard. That's my name. Yep. And uh, so I, I did for like almost a year. And see, my father passed away when I was very young. I was four years old. So, um, I had this tremendous guilt. Like, I oh, right. walked into work right. one day and I was like, I can swear, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like fucking. I was like, all right, stop fucking calling me Richard. Like I can't, you know. And I wasn't gonna explain to them and be all morose. Is <laughs> like my father died. I was like, you have to call me Dick. That's what I go by. And everybody just thought I was, you know, joking. And I was like, no, I'm like, it's you understand? Like it's a family thing. Blah blah. blah. So flash, flash forward to. um 2015 when the record came out and I'd been working with um, this violin player and a a drummer and we were doing this three-piece thing and they were you know really invested in in you know the music and I hate to use the word project but what we were working on and I was just I felt like we should be kind of Called something more cohesive right. rather just under Dick Prawl. And it's not like everybody knows who I am for crying out loud. So let's release this record as Dickie. And it can yeah. be like this malleable band thing, but it's still kind of anybody who knew me from my solo stuff kind of called me Dicky because right. once they kind of knew me, you know, it was my nickname. And my mother had passed away just a few months before that it was the last thing I heard her say to me, was calling me Dickie. And it was kind of a oh, wow. you know, a okay. nod to her. Okay. And and next record is up, which which we'll have out shortly is going to be Dickie record number two, after, which is actually full-length record number six. So.
0: Did you find it hard? I feel like um, changing a band name is like the kiss of death.
2: Yeah, I'm an idiot, so that's part <laughs> of the you, problem. Did you find that
0: that was, like, was that difficult, that you had fans under Dick Prawl? And now you you're trying to gain fans under
2: Dickey. Did you well, lose some fans? I don't think. Well, I've, I, here's the thing, Mike, is that I'm so stupid. I've changed several times. Okay. So, okay, yeah, so the then, very never mind. first. So I'm so I'm just like oblivious to my idiocy. Whatever. So the first record, which came out, I recorded actually in '90. Eight it came out, uh, was just called the Dick Prawl Band, and I hated that. I don't, you know, like yeah, like the Dave you Matthews do a name Band with or like it's yucky, it's yeah, yucky, and yeah. I didn't like it. So the next record I put out as as uh, Starch Martins, and that was our. Yeah, that came out in, you know, what, never 2001, I believe. And so, and then I went, then I started touring so much solo after that record Then I just went with Dick Prawl. I was like, this is stupid. That was you, was just you. Right? Yeah, because it was confusing to people when I was out on tour. You're a band, but you're, it's just one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is like, there's, you know, there's like Baby Bird and, you know, there's all of these course, bands that yeah. were doing that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but it just wasn't sticking. So <laughs> I just went with Dick Prawl and then released two records that way, and an EP, and then hence, boom, we put out uh, just the self-titled Dicky in 2015, and then now uh, we got the new Dicky record called Minus These coming out. Probably the spring.
0: So is Dicky basically you guys, you and Billy? Yeah, yep. and
2: so in the the recording was just was just Billy and I because you had a you had a, vi- a string player, on had the a violin last album. player, Correct. yeah, yep, and a big fan. I love arranging strings, so oh, yeah. I've always had either you know, except for the first record. So everything you know, the next four had uh, had uh, or five actually, including the EP had. Um, either cello or violin on it. So I'm just, I'm just a big fan of strings, but this one is no, this is pretty much, I guess, I guess a rock record for lack of a better term. Yeah, is right, down, it is. We straight. had five days. We purposely, so we, um, you know, speaking of flat black, when I was kind of originally thinking about recording, I was like, well, maybe, you know, We should do it at Flat Black. It's a great studio. Well, then I caught wind of this place called the Magic Barn. Magic Barn, right? So this gear is all from the Magic Shop in New York
0: City. And and now, now stop that real quick, sure, because I know that there's something special behind Magic Barn. It's coming from that that you said the Magic Shop in New York City. Now that recorded that place recorded
2: like a bunch of really big time albums. Yeah, we've got uh, Bowie's last two records were done there. I believe the Foo Fighters have have definitely tracked there. Um, Blondie the ramones lou reed so now the same gear that has tracked all of that stuff has made its way to iowa has made its way to iowa and they've they've really kept it under the radar which is pretty incredible to me um and and, you know because of that history which i find very interesting but the the gentleman uh, steve mcintosh who owns it like he bought everything i'm talking couches and everything Everything. like brought it shipped it here and i found out about it and i called josh shapira who's the co-producer um, who I've known for years, I've recorded both with with Josh and and Pat Sansone, and I was like, "Hey, man, there's this place called the Magic Barn," and and the minute I said it was all the stuff from Magic Shop, he's like, "We'll do it." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he hadn't talked to Pat yet, and it turns out that the Pat Sansone, the other the co-producer he's worked he used to live a few blocks away from that and has wow. worked in that studio so he's like i played this piano i know this board i know those mics it was probably he's like, a trip for him kind of wasn't it yeah it like was sick like, it was pretty wild Déjà vu almost
0: just walking in to see the same stuff but in a different room yeah in, a, different in space. a place where it's
2: freezing his ass off and it's like ice everywhere and you know that was a little weird for him how was the experience there was it pretty good did you find that it was great to record an album there it was great i mean yeah. we we had a blast yeah. you know we had a blast and we had it was very different i'm used to taking time and lots of layers and lots of production and pat and and josh were just like five days let's lay some parameters down and see what happens you're a two-piece like let's try it let's let's keep it that way and they were kind of like you know but we'll keep it open you know if we want to do more stuff blah, blah blah we will but that's how we kept it and billy stepped in and did a lot of like we filled in the low end with like running a telecaster um through a bass amp oh, and really? put lots of fuzz and distortion on it and a little trem here and there and so yeah so I mean we haven't even heard the the, the last of it Pat took it down to Nashville to finish some overdubs um, and then we'll get it back we're, we're supposed to have it back by the middle of March nice yeah so, so <laughs> I mean like
0: that, that's a speedy process in the terms of oh what, yeah I was in my normally pants have. like Ooh. let's go back 20 years like a band's going to spend eight million dollars in a studio for a year and a half to record an album. Yeah. Where nowadays it just seems like, listen, we this is the time we have. Let's get in. Let's make sure our shit is together and let's go yeah. do it. Because they used to like write
3: the album in the studio. Oh you know? yeah. Like you can't do that anymore. I'm pretty sure Dick was still finishing lyrics.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> L- lyrics. Let's yeah. just be honest. No one listens that. to those anymore. He's going mean, to keep changing them. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like true. I mean, I think. I mean, and there was the gluttony of the, you know, the end of the seventies and going into the eighties and. Right. Then- partially into the 90s where yeah it was like it was big studios it was like all this elaborate production and you know you're listening to snare sounds for a day before you even (laughs) start tracking and you guys as drummers I don't know if that would drive you nuts or if you'd like that but well it's maybe like Lars Ulrich should have spent a little more time uh, working on snare sounds for that
0: last Metallica (laughs) album you think (laughs) he probably should have or maybe they did or maybe that's what the process is 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 you spend 30 days just listening to snare sounds it's too much of a you know like when you walk into a bar I'm I'm gonna bring this up to you billy mm-hmm. like if i walk into a bar and they're like here's our <laughs> beer list and there's 87 beers on there yeah i just revert into a little shell and i'm just like give me a coors light it, you boom. know like, like oh, yeah. too much choice
2: too much sometimes is going to com- it's overwhelming yeah. it's going to yeah. cause more 100%. issues so
0: so maybe that's the the way with like just getting into that studio and having five days and being like um, this is our sound this is ready to roll yeah. I
2: I, I mean, I hope so. I hope, yeah. the, I hope the results there because, you know, you look at like Bon Iver's first record, you know, um, for Emma, like he just it's went true. out to his cabin, it's true. you know, and his percussion is based on found sounds yeah. and doing stuff like that. So, you know, it tells you like the song content has to be there, you know, there. there were, you know, tons of records. My former brother-in-law, I mean, they spent a buttload of money uh, Interscope records making their oh, record. Right. So it was a big thing. Um, and you know, they spent all this money and then it kind of got shelved. They didn't really do much. They had a change in air in our person which was the typical label thing is, you know, Mm. either a change in air in our person or and actually the president at that time had changed wasn't a fan of the band and just was like, like, yeah, I know we put a quarter, they put over a quarter of a million dollars into making the record and then put $5,000 towards (laughs) promoting it which Uh. is basically setting it up to fail. And And that's like, well, that's death. And those days are over and now you can, you know, you can do home recorders and you can take your time if you want to. You in a digital format it's much simpler now this this is the first time i've recorded on two inch tape since 2001 oh, wow. so we're back to to that you know wow. so that, which is good it's coming back i mean just mm-hmm. the the overall
0: analog warm sound i mean that like with the vinyl uh, oh, vinyl's vinyl's back, vinyl, baby. vinyl is back so hard yeah you know and it's been back for a while so i think you're gonna see the ease of the digital world is great but also if you can if you can get if you can work on that analog uh tape and everything yeah. i mean that's mm-hmm. I think that's pretty huge. yeah, you yeah, should. If you have the sure.
2: opportunity, you should. Right? And there's that beautiful marriage now of of digital and and to like Correct. we didn't do, we you know we're not splicing tape and all no. that. It's, we're running it through. I mean, I'm not anyway. They're running it through Pro Tools, <laughs> so yeah, you don't want me touching anything.
0: Have you uh, Have you worked
2: with a producer on a lot of your albums? Um, most, yeah, most I have. So the first one we worked with John Sveck out of Iowa City at Mistral yep. Studios. The second one uh, was with Rick Barnes at Rax Tracks in Chicago, and then it was mixed. Mixed and mastered, mixed by um, Chuck Allen and Ken Coomer in Nashville, mixed by Jim Domain at Yes Master, um, or Mastered, excuse me. And then what do we do? Josh Shapira did Fizzle Buzzy. Josh Shapira did Weightless. I produced... The EP, and then I produced the Last Dicky record, and so back to working with producers, which is awesome. Because
0: how is that though? I've never, I've been on multiple albums. Old bands have recorded albums. I've never truly had a producer involved, Um, and and I've heard stories. I mean, there can be the guy that's like, "Oh, you should do this," but like, how do you? How do you? How does that actually work? I mean, how? How is there that marriage between yeah.
2: what you want to do and what somebody's saying maybe you shouldn't do that? I, I think you first and foremost you have to understand, you know, the process and be very you know, transparent with whoever you're working with. I mean, you got to give it up. You got to walk away from it. It's going to be a different album than what you've conceived. It just is. When you hire that producer, just go, well, For the this, most is gonna, part, this is going to up different than yeah. I thought. And a good, you know, a good producer is going to ask you what you're comfortable with. A good yeah. producer is going to ask the questions to kind of drill down to get some semblance of, of your, you know, your comfort zone and kind of bring their thing in. I mean, there, you know, there are a myriad of different ways to run it or, you know, to cut it up. Yeah. You know, where some people are like, shut the fuck up, sit down, and we're gonna do this, yeah. you know. But that wasn't the case. I mean, I appreciated them you know what do you think and i literally was like i'm like i'm i'm not going to weigh in like tell me what's good what's first off yeah. i talk way too much and then it'll just go f- <laughs> that's on that's why I wanted you to be a guest on this yeah. podcast
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i just thought it would be great eventually yeah. you're just going to walk away and i'll yeah, just keep yeah, going yeah, I'm still going <laughs> yeah. so no i was i'm i'm excited because uh i mean it's a lot to take on the producer role because you know ultimately you know as, as a musician coming in and handing it off to someone, you kind of have someone to blame, I guess, at the end of the True. day. yeah. Uh, you know, and if you do it yourself, it's like, well, if that record sucks, then, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of you. all on you. Yeah. You know, and I'm proud of, you know, and I'm, you know, you're constantly learning. So this was kind of, especially for me, a chance to step away and go like, okay, I've, I've done these things that I, I kind of know how to do, mm-hmm. and now I've kind of exhausted that, yeah. and I need to get some good guys in who've you know made great records, and and let's see what they do. And that's really been what the experience is. Was. It
0: like is it like giving away your baby sort of, but like like sending your baby. I've given to away school several and, babies, Mike, yeah, so, like, so I'm used to it. Like sending, that sending that. your kid to school in hopes that they will they will be educated and become a better person when they come
2: back to you. Right. I mean, is that sort of like giving up the control with a producer yeah, a little bit? There's the, you know I, there's some anxiety.
3: Yeah I think they definitely do want to you know see your vision through though Mm -hmm. you know like when we talked to Pat and Josh we're like we're it's two-piece we want it to be a big rock album and so when we got to the studio you know Dick and I had these ideas of having these big sounds like a a really nice guitar tone uh big John uh big Bonham-esque drums like lots of toms lots of cymbals and we ran through a song and before we started tracking and Pat stripped everything back. Really, so it comes down to trust. He's like, don't do that, don't do this. He's like, do a little bit less, do this, and then we get into the control room after tracking, and it's massive. Yeah, so like you, you just got it's all trust with these producers. It's different. What what they're gonna yeah what's
0: going in to like the microphones is not always what's coming out of exactly. the final product and I think people forget kind of like <clears throat> as a drummer Billy like you know like the way your drums sound to you sitting mm-hmm. at the kit is totally different than what it's what it sounds like coming out of a system you know oh, yeah. so like you have to put that trust in your sound engineer or your yeah, your absolutely. sound guy or whoever that like they're in control your drunk take brother-in-law it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's good bring it happens the far often. <laughs> bring the symbols up I want more symbols in the mix yeah God drunk man. brother-in-law <laughs> well um how did you guys we usually ask a lot of musicians like how you know how did you guys get started in in loving music and how did you get started in playing music um you want to hit you go first do you have to belly? think
3: about it uh, i'm not i'm from michigan
0: you're from michigan mm-hmm. dick are you from around
2: here i'm from sheffield iowa okay by mason city okay
3: yeah
2: yep so i'll start i guess all yeah.
3: right well i guess uh <laughs> Well, how much time you got? <laughs> yeah. I got into music pretty young. I mean my family was always pretty uh musical, I guess. My mom sang. Dad played guitar. He couldn't sing though. But uh <laughs> when I was in fifth grade I heard uh John Bonham for the first time, I think, or first really heard John Bonham. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. What is this? I yep. need to know I was like, I want to do that. So fifth grade, I, would, I asked my mom for a drum set. She's like, I won't buy you a drum set until you learn how to play piano. <laughs> really? And I was like, I'm not going to do that shit. So <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I probably should have done it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know a little bit I of piano say, now. I wish my mom would have yeah, said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I ended up uh, dog sitting my neighbor's dogs like all summer long, saved up money. And come sixth grade, I, I bought a drum set. And started shredding. Yeah, and then a year later, uh bought a guitar from a neighbor and asked my dad how to play a couple chords, and then started writing songs. So you're not a lessons guy, really. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're a. I'm going to get this instrument. I'm going to learn how to play it. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, yep. I mean, if I can hear it and it sounds decent, <laughs> I mean that that's yeah. pretty much what I do. Well, th- dude,
0: there's there's something to be said about that because I I know that there's especially when it comes to drummers in general, mm-hmm. like. I'm a self-taught guy. I I play drums just based off of this is how I do it. I know it's probably not right,
2: but like this is how I play. No template.
0: Yeah, but you can plug me into any situation and just go vibe with this make something up and i and i can do it cuz that's how i taught myself yeah. but then you've got if you're like here read this music and play this precisely the way it's supposed to be
3: i'll, I'll have like, to study it for a day and then come back
0: but but it's it, then you've got the like that that advantage of being able to read music but you can't necessarily vibe and just make stuff yeah. up and get creative and i've i've always uh, gone towards drummers and musicians that are more self-taught
3: and they're just like this is just how I do it and I go by feel and I, I think there's more passion behind it I mean all the great guitar players are you know most, the most of them part, are, right? are pretty self-taught in their stylings at least And you could try to emulate it or play the exact same parts they do and you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna do it you know it's it's not them so are you self-taught AJ I am
1: self-taught. Are you? Yep. Uh, I did take... So I was self-taught for the longest time, and then I got to got to college. I got a scholarship for guitar at Kirkwood. Oh, right
0: really? um, Without being able to read music?
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, and then... Uh, so I took that scholarship and joined the jazz groups and everything there. And then... Uh, I just kept going through that guitar lessons. Took some more formal education on it and everything, and then uh, then it just went. I went right back to where I was though, and I just went all the way back to feel when I started playing up here in different bands.
0: But it's nice, you're, Billy. You're probably you probably at one point did learn how to read music and maybe take a couple lessons. Yeah, right?
3: like every other year or so, I, I dive into theory to figure it all out, and then <laughs> I forget about it. But but I think that's very important though. Is like it's nice
0: to teach yourself, but then also like. You get to a point where you feel a little stuck sometimes, yeah. and somebody needs to just be like, "Well, check this out. Like, this is how you read this. Like, you'll be all yep, right." Yep. And it
3: gives you a little push, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I was. I did like marching band and orchestra and, and all that in high school, and and then when I was going to college, uh, I was uh, doing an audio tech program, and uh, they required theory and sight singing, yep, ear yep, training, exactly. and piano, and all that stuff. So, so I, I relearned it then, and and I have forgotten most of it. <laughs> <laughs> years on the road. But I have an idea. You know, I know the terminology. Yeah, yeah. But
0: like I
2: might be able to YouTube it
0: and uh-huh. remember some <laughs> stuff. Yeah, just yeah. kind of,
3: yeah.
2: What about you, buddy? Uh, so, I mean, I started... <clears throat> I mean, I was never playing instrument at a young age or anything like that it started very late i mean music was had always been in the household after my my pops passed, and there was six of us, and my mom had to go back to work like there was always music playing in the house, and it was the Beatles, which was pretty much the the consensus to play so i yeah. I knew like all these beatles songs by the time i you know I was like six, like knew all the lyrics. And so I fell in love with that. And then, you know, just being music-loving family, got into a lot of like indie rock because I had a cousin who went off to college. Totally. And I got into R.E.M. and Who's Could totally. Do and Replacements and all this. And I <clears throat> left my hometown, like I said, when I was 18, I think, yeah, Eighteen or nineteen, and moved out to Denver, and I started pissing around with some guys. That was you just know, to jamming. move, and that
0: wasn't like a music move. That was just a no, like, huh, just I didn't of even Iowa. play. See you later, okay? Yeah,
2: I didn't play an instrument or anything. And so I had moved here actually in 1993, and you know was playing in in some bands as the singer guy, and I had songs in my head that I wanted to try to figure out, and I'd worked with other. Tried to work with other, you know, musicians, specifically guitar players, to come up with these chord, chord progressions. I didn't even know what a chord progression was, but <laughs> you just heard someone say the term. I, someone ever... used the term. Anyway, <laughs> I went, ran with it, and so I was almost twenty-six. I went and bought a guitar, and taught myself how to play and two years later I had a record that I put together and that was the first record and so you're a little okay. late to the game for wow, most people yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah we used to like, Christina the former violin player we started at the same time and we're 20 years apart oh my wow. god yeah so that... she was 5 studying uh, Suzuki classically and I was, trained and, and <laughs> I was 25 just learning by ear so oh, wow.
0: but that that so I, I think I've brought this up before like one of the best things was ever told to me was my <laughs> drunk uncle my drunk Irish uncle <laughs> that would, I brought this up to him he's like I don't remember saying that, but it sounds cool. He, he took me by the arm and he goes, you see, Mike, there's two things every guy wants to be when he grows up. He wants to be a famous athlete or a famous musician. He said the problem with athletes is you hit about 36, 37, like, sorry, it's not going to work out. Like, you're going to keep going downhill and it's only going to get worse <laughs> and worse. But with musician... Like for the most part, you're going to consistently get better. I mean, like eventually you're going to hit 80, 90. Like it might be kind of tough to thrash around the drum set a little (laughs) bit. But like, like I kind of took that to heart. I mean, if music, it doesn't matter when you start, man. Like you can literally start whenever. Mm -hmm. And, and whether it's just you sitting in a basement playing a guitar, finding that fulfillment and that enjoyment at 50 years old, or like you going, Oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And like, Let's
2: write some songs. Let's put yeah, an album I'm out. I'm still figuring that all, you're <laughs> all staying, that you're out. Still yeah, out. You're like and how does that s- happen? I'm still chasing the perfect pop song, but you
0: know, isn't that but, isn't that a beautiful thing though? Like, yeah, no one's ever I mean, going
2: to write it. No, exactly. And that's you know you look at your heroes and the, you know the kind of the road that they've carved out in front of you, and you steal what you can and and use it to your your advantage if if you are able to, and you just keep making records. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm an idiot in that regard. Like, I just. But that's beautiful, though. I've quit a lot of things, and the one thing I should have quit, I just can't let go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it makes so much sense, though.
2: Like, like we talked
0: before the mics were rolling, it's like like music being a musician writing music trying to make it is 90 what do we say 99% fuck what the hell's going on and yeah. that 1% of like yeah. hell yes
2: Shit, yeah, man. Yeah.
0: it's kind of like it's probably like golf from what I hear like I'm a terrible golfer <laughs> that's actually a, a probably a really good metaphor like yeah. the, when you're like fuck this stupid game I, it took me out 200 strokes yeah. to get to this final shot and the final shot 100 yard chip in bounce 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 in the cup yeah. it keeps you coming back yeah. right
3: yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. for all those Moment.
0: times you're playing with nobody in the bar To yeah. that one show And there's a
2: lot of that There's a lot of that <laughs>
0: And you also said
2: Your advice is Don't do it Yeah that's <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a smart person
0: <laughs> If you're a smart person Just I don't am, do it
2: I am not my friends I Just well, keep doing it
0: Are you guys both uh, Would you call yourself Full time musicians I mean I know you have uh, You got some side hustles Kind of a thing But mm-hmm. I mean would you call yourself A full time musician um, I mean I, I if, I'm, if I'm coming up on the street And I'm like Hi what do you do Are you uh, going to say a musician
2: Probably no yeah. I would yeah. Okay yeah i mean it- it's fits and spurts i mean there are times where that's all that's all i've done and then and then there's times i'm I'm almost homeless and i decide to to get a job and eat again um <laughs> so yeah it's kind of up and down i mean i'll always you know i hope I'm always a musician um whether or not i think i think it's there's a lot i mean look at guided by voices i mean um Bob holler i think he was a teacher until he was in his early true forties you know um it's kind of it there's no template it's just basically if you want to play play if you don't don't and i like i said i still want to play i'm 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 much more interested in writing and and being right. in the studio and making records than i am with live stuff that's just my own weird really thing. so if you, I could you would bring, rather
0: write write albums yeah, I could, instead of getting yeah if
2: i could play if i could do a you know a uh what's his name from the beach boys uh brian wilson if yeah. i could just like be in my pjs and hang out in the studio make yeah. records and not you know just for myself but for other people that's absolutely what i would have do.
0: you ever even gone down
2: the road of like of like writing for other people not necessarily i've you know i've 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 worked with other people you know dave tamkin is, is kind of the first example of me producing and something i've always wanted to do and we had a really good time i would love to do it and i think part of that is um you know, making a yourself accessible and having the confidence to do it B, I think it is location. Um, you know, uh, Nashville and places like that. And not like it can't be done here by any stretch. Clearly. I mean, the the first time I produced was over at Tim King studio with, with Dave Tamkin and now working with Drew Hearn um, in May at, at flat black. I mean, I'd love to do more of it, but it's also accessibility. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do my own thing as well. <laughs> but you know, if 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 someone was interested working with me, I would love to do that. You know. So you actually fun. saying that you don't necessarily
0: like playing live as much as writing. Like, probably right. the producing aspect is making a lot more sense to you. Oh, right? absolutely. Like behind
2: yeah. the scenes stuff, and yeah, it uh, it it does make more sense to me. Yeah. Um, it, for for a lot of reasons, I I don't. <clears throat> It's a weird thing because you want to you want to make a record you want to share it and there's there's a narcissistic like piece <laughs> to that let's be honest I mean if you, you know if you didn't totally. want people to hear your music then don't, it's like, don't do step up to one of these and start singing into it you know and hitting record like you do want somebody to hear it of and course you do so there's there is that you element. can pretend
0: like you don't but
2: yeah you, do. the and whole you don't get point to is... yeah you don't get to pick your audience like all these things so there's no ideal way to do it you know so yeah I want to make records and I know part of perpetuating for me to be able to make those records is to go out and play live. Like course. we did this. This is the second crowdfunding, um, or crowdsourcing, or whatever yeah. crowdfunding uh, record that I've done, and I wouldn't be able. You know, we wouldn't be able to have done that without right. going out and building up a you know a, a base of supporters who want to help out and do it all over again. I mean, crowdsourcing in a lot of ways is is the new, uh, and for a while has been the new record label. You it, know, it totally is, and and I have that on my list. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean,
0: it it really in today's day and age, it's not like. You're a great band here's Seven million
2: dollars. Let's do this thing. Like it doesn't. It. It's never going to yeah. happen again. Yeah, and I don't even know how that happens. Like, how did that even yeah. happen? In the <laughs> first <place>? uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's like how are you getting like how major? You know, you've got these major label. Clearly, there's still major label artists, and I'm just how does that channel it, it, happen? Like, how do you funny listen? like not like hey man, I want to get in. like my music is not built in that way. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm come from the world of Who's do and Replacements. Of and like there's a different. You know, it's a it's a different world. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and. I, it's 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 amazing to me these you know multi million dollar deals. I'm like I've never seen this person in a small club. Who the <laughs> fuck are they? You know what I mean? It's yep. it's stuff well, like that. The fact that, that you're not making any money. like where's the money?
0: Like look at where's look at money? somebody huge right now. Where's like, the where, money? Where's the money? Where's, where's the money? <laughs> like, you know it's not it's not off album sales. Like that's not happening fuck, anymore, it's touring, man. It, it, and, and even then now like record labels are now it used to be touring was the only way this band like you know five years ago that's the only way a band's making money is touring but now you're on a label now labels dipping into touring now too They're, they're like okay well we're gonna get a little bit of that we're gonna get a little bit of that and I just I'm a firm believer. I don't really think you need it anymore. No, like I, in this you don't. The either. labels need the bands, man. Like they, that's right? the thing
1: is like the labels need the musicians and the bands. There's a time where um, this is bands it's, need the labels it's a little but... bit. It's well, yeah, absolutely. And there was, a, there was a point this is going back into kind of the hardcore my hardcore days and stuff like that and post hardcore music and everything. That being said, it was a there's a band um, that came about that was completely built by the label as an mm-hmm. engine to move and yep. start moving albums and and uh, s- selling and touring and get them on the road. These guys didn't know each other. They nope. didn't write the album that they were going out and playing. They had the look. They had probably, the look. And... Yep. They put them all together. They had all the pieces and the parts. They put them in a van. The thing. The band lasted. I think a year and a half before it just started to crumble. Because there's just, you're just, you just threw all these musicians, gave them an ego, and then. Said, "Well, let's just see what happens." Like the opposite, and I'm of what sure because I am sure they just <laughs> yeah. pumped them I'm sure that, <laughs> that the, exactly. You know, I'm sure they, they the topped out the that, PSI on their, their, their <laughs> egos. <laughs> I'm sure the drama that came along with it is also as as much a part of that to help in the social media aspect and like you know to fans and, and yep. everybody else surrounding it. So it's pretty interesting.
0: What, what was your experience? I mean, you I know you did a you did you just did Kickstarter and you did like a pledge music pledge music prior. Yeah, what, what was your with both of those, like you said, like they, this couldn't happen without it. I, I've heard some mixed reviews. I've heard that there's maybe a little anxiety in it. That like, oh god, little, like, like I, I, don't joke, but I can imagine like the, the waiting for the dial. Dude, like, it's do people Actually, give a Holy shit. Yeah, Are they going to
2: pay money? It's, it's fantastic when it happens. You know, and if it doesn't, and thankfully, you know, we've avoided those bullets. Because you twice. just,
0: you just hit your
2: Kickstarter funding. Like you guys are good. Yep, you did so your so thing. So uh, yeah. we, you know, we scooted a little bit, a little bit beyond it. And, oh yeah, and that was great. And so it not happened. not without a few scares though. Yeah, <laughs> we had a couple. Yeah, we had we we definitely did have a scare. We had someone whose credit card got compromised, and it was a it was a, a pretty big chunk. You know, and they they said that they weren't the. I ones shouldn't say that- it was like a big chunk. Was it enough that could have? It was it was like on the last day. It could have oh, actually yeah. affected. Whether no we way. got the but mm-hmm. the you know but the guy was amazing and he was like he made it happen because it was he
0: wanted it to go through but he, like the the the, the transaction he, wouldn't go through yeah he
2: he already had, he already did it so it was we found out later it actually wouldn't have been an issue if, if his card had been compromised oh. you have like a seven day window to get have flipped it. but we didn't know at the time because mm-hmm. we had till eleven fifty nine on Monday God. February eleventh and I found out like that. at like ten o'clock <laughs> that morning Come on. so yeah in a you know a little <laughs> yep. over twelve hours I was like we could be righteously fucked. <laughs> And he came through, which was fantastic and it happened. So there, yeah, there's a ton of anxiety, and you got to set your expectation. I mean, you want to go just a little bit beyond, I think, what you're f- comfortable with, yep, because um, it forces you to like, you know, do your homework and, yeah. and market it as much as possible, and um, you know, so we, I bumped up from the last one, and I'm, you know, I'm glad we did because yeah. we could get, you know, we can get Josh and Pat to come do totally. it. We can work at a place like the Magic Barn um, and have some fun in that regard, and then have enough to, you know, burn, you know. Make the copies and blah 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 and, and get some merch out of the deal and you know and as you know, everything goes into you know, of course to the record and and the release of the record so it's
0: I think it's I think nice it's relief. such a cool way for i mean like you are you already have the fans that want to support you like they're going to buy it later, right so like like help us out now, like we want it mm-hmm. now, and it seems like for the most part. Anybody that I've known that has done it has had a good experience, other than the anxiety of like, right. are we going to hit it? Okay, now we hit it now. Are we going to finish the album? I'm so oh, scared. Yeah. Like, I mean, all that.
2: There's a lot yeah. of pressure built into that, but and and you feel, you know, it's it is this weird thing, especially the first time around. It, you know, it was it was certainly. Um, I felt it a lot more, but just the idea is like you're asking people like- You're begging them for to money. To mo- give you money, you know, and then, but then you got to, cons- you know, and I think that's part of the culture in in our country too, is like, you know, you don't really view art as like something that's like vocationally, you know, important. We um, love it, but we also don't put a value Yeah, on exactly. And I don't want to get all existential and get into some- No, that's know, what we're here for, You know, it, it, We've been <laughs> talking about that for months. Yeah. So like, you know, Canada, you know, it's a great way of supporting- Artists and there's a, a, you know, without letting too much out because we're just in the preliminary stages of of this, but we're, I'm working with some folks out of Des Moines and to, to do like, basically do like a nonprofit that's, that's based on artist development rather than looking at it as like, you know, how do we start a label and make money? I'm like, you know, that's kind of how I was first approach or brought into the fold on that and i'm like well if you want to lose money start a record like yeah. you know the <laughs> best way the to earn way. your cash <laughs> yeah. is to get into the music industry thinking you're gonna make money off of it but if you can build up sponsorships and benefactors out of your community to support local artists you know and i think it's important you know to ingratiate it's important i think it's important for you know Companies to ingratiate themselves in the, in the culture of a community yeah. and show that they are supporting the arts and not just beyond like you know we'll just do this write off thing mm-hmm. you know because we've allocated this money I think it would be great to see more. You know, because in, in every, if every, every industry and every company, you've got music fans. You know, pe- there's pe- people are rabid about music. Oh yeah. You know, and it's it's a beautiful thing which sustains us to some degree. But yeah. it's kind of going that little extra mile and and taking a bunch of people who have experience in the industry and and using it. You know, using us as a resource. So yeah. that's that's kind of the, the general gist of it. That,
0: that's huge, though, because a, a topic of at least conversation for me with other musicians locally, and we've started to dive into it on this is like why why in our area is there not a value put on entertainment and like musicians and bands like you you i mean i mean you you i would love to hear your perspective on this wow. because i mean you opened up a music venue around here and and actually yeah. i've known of you for a long time i've listened to your music but we i think the first time we ever met was like, met and spoke person to person was right when you had just, or you were thinking about opening, yeah. it, tap, tap and shake, yep. or you just opened it. And and talking to you, I'm like, this is great. Like, a, a, a small to mid level venue that can bring that traffic from, I mean, you, you said, like, from the Chicago to the Denver, like, the or to the Des Moines, yeah. the Chicago, like, just small room that nationally. people can hit. But why? We, we argue about this cover like you
2: can't even charge cover in bars around here anymore. I mean, it's weird. And I, th- I think you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of layers to this, you know. And I think um, you know, it, it's reflective of of a community that's. It's understandable. It's not. This isn't a metropolitan area. Let's be frank. You know, yeah. Um Blue collar. And so there's a, yeah, and it's a yep. different way of looking. People are very you know um, choice with their their money. You I know, like where, what where I like. Putting and you can't yeah. tell me any different, right? And so, and a lot of it was like, people, you know, hey man, I'm so excited you're going to have this venue, and the, you know, from musicians to, you know, to music fans, and I'm like, well, where are where are you, You know, and it's not a big room; It was 120 cap, and we had, mm. you know, I guarantee the the sound system. I mean, factually, I don't mean this arrogantly. Was like the best sound system was, you're going to see. It was you know, great east of Des Moines uh, and for a much, such, such a small space. And I, people could, you know, there were a few like, oh, there's a cover that, that I heard, you know, directly, but I know that was mm-hmm. a factor. But if you don't have five fucking dollars to give to a band who's traveling their ass off and has $10,000 on stage to entertain you, you're an asshole. Dude. Dude,
0: I, I, I thought about yeah. this. So there are yeah. people that spend $5 <laughs> per day for 30 years straight to get a coffee a to get coffee, a cup of exactly. coffee from cup Starbucks of coffee.
2: you know and it's I cl- clearly I sound angry about it but it's well you should be though dude you you put your you put your your word where your mouth is is yeah, that where,
0: yeah. or whatever yeah. whatever you like you said I love music I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some money into this and I'm gonna try to bring people out to shows and stuff like that and and like I th- I, I thought it was amazing when I was in there the, the times oh, I was in you. there I saw some great shows I thought you did great with it and like I want to. I want to I think. and this, I'm, I'd be great to hear your perspective on
2: mm-hmm. it. I, I heard a lot that like that road construction just totally fucked with you guys. That, that I mean, it certainly was a part of it. We had an issue with the landlord who didn't, you know, who was just didn't give a shit that we were hurting because as we right. had, without getting into the numbers, I mean, we knew what our nut needed to be right when we totally. opened, and we and we did get past that. So at first. It was was good because you know it's the shiny new penny syndrome in in a community like this. It's like oh my god, there's something that's cool, and then the road construction thing. But it wasn't just that. We I mean, if you couldn't make two more lefts, you know, to get to to you know, not even it's not even city blocks. We're talking Cedar Rapids blocks. You know, it's a neighborhood, residential, and you know, just people wouldn't. So
0: ultimately, do you think it came down to the fact that like they could go down to any bar in town and watch just a cover band for free versus... I think that's five bucks to see
2: an original act yeah. coming through traveling I think that's I think that's a part of it definitely I think it was the whole you know we were a destination spot so first and foremost you had to want to yeah. go there secondly there was that like oh, I've not heard of these I've guys i never heard of this person and it's like yeah that's part of the experience and it's but that's not just indicative I don't want to blame Cedar Rapids on that's just that's not indicative I think on the whole there's a there's a lot of that when this is so as I'm, as I'm holding up my iPhone when it's so easy to access music at any yeah. time Any point. Mm -hmm. At any point, it kind (laughs) of devalues, like... You know, I'm not blaming iTunes because we're on it, and clearly it's, it's been a source of revenue for for me to some well, to some extent. Um, let's be, let's be, let's be I honest about that. Let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of factors, and and I think the biggest one is that we didn't have enough time to find out the experiment. And so when I you know when I go back to my statement earlier, I was like, if you don't have five dollars, you're an asshole. Like that would that that's threaded through whether we were open ten years or yeah. twenty years. Yeah. Like if you don't yeah. have like if a beer is five dollars, yeah. you know a good you know a decent. Beer, somewhere is $5 and like if you don't like, you know, there's many times. If you don't like it, like I'll give you your money back. Like just go in for ten minutes to yeah. do a song. If you don't like it, take you your know, money back. and it's like. But yeah, even like, familiar. I don't even
0: want to do that. I don't even want to waste the time to give no, you this dollar bill. Yeah, it's just like, and then and then come back and go
2: give me that dollar bill back. Yeah. So I, yeah, and there was a lot of opportunities. You know, we brought some, you know, some great bands, and like, and and on average, our, I, you know, to be fair, like it was like five to ten dollars. I think was really mm-hmm. our, our yeah. cover charge, and we had like, you know, we brought Mark Letarian, who's yeah. amazing. That you was know. the opening night, or something. Them. Yeah, it, I mean yeah. that was twenty bucks, but you know we sold out. Like it was yeah. worth it. I mean, there's you know there's value to you know the names as well, and we didn't even get a chance to to get to that side of things. Had we got to the fall, yeah, because you know everybody was doing festivals, totally. and, and I it's couldn't summer. get the, the bands that you know we knew we could get uh, off, you know, festival season and, and, you know, on off nights, but that was another thing too. We got a sleepy town syndrome. We've got, you know, I'm going to get somebody really fucking amazing. It might be like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Generally will be one. maybe a Thursday night. Cause these cats are going to, yeah. you know, this is a tertiary market. They're going to, you know, they're going to the second and the, and the number one markets mm-hmm. when they're doing these tours. So there was that factor too. So it's like, we can get these guys cheaper, and you can get this experience, but you're, you're not going to get it on a Friday or Saturday no. night all the time. So, you know, I, I learned my lesson in a lot of ways. And by any, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what we did. I'm happy that you we should be. did it. I yeah. wish, yeah. you know, I, I wish we could have had the steam to keep going. And that's where the construction piece comes in in tandem with the with building on that just and... didn't want, you know, be like, can't, you know. Give us, you know, some leeway. We'll, we'll come back with that money, yeah. and he just wasn't—he wasn't having it. Like, if you wouldn't give us full lease, then forget about it.
0: Half of me yeah. is a really firm believer that if if an area like this could have that, like, have you been to you? Have you played Woolies or yeah, been to Woolies? Like, if, I, my, like half of me wants to say, man, if we had like a Woolies in this seven hundred person venue, and you could get these, you could get these bands, or you could have those special events for local bands during yeah. the winter time, like here. That it would just be dope, but then half of me goes,
2: I I personally don't think I would ever invest in it because I don't know if I believe it could no, work. I mean, that's what brought me to Cedar Rapids was actually nego- or, um, consulting on what was going to be the national. Oh yeah, yes. that's right. So yes. you know, and that's about a seven hundred. And that
0: was the venue that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, so
2: that was the thing. But I, I mean, once I got to this market and really understood the market. I, you know, I you know you the folks was I was working. Do you? No, I was just like it's too it's too big. It's baby steps. Yeah. but but seeing that the market needed something, that's what that's prompted what me to start. Yeah, it's like well, let's start with a hundred, hundred and twenty five. You know, footprint mm-hmm. of a space and not go that big route because even you know even Woolies, even places like you know I mean, Des Moines is still a small enough city that you there's a lot of competition for entertainment oh, totally. dollars totally. so you might have a great band but there could be like a really cool thing happening somewhere else yeah. that people are more into and want to put their money towards so you're going to have you know you're not going to pack the woolies thing sometimes and so Cedar Rapids suffers that even more. Yeah, you know that's very true. You know, and there's nothing worse than playing a 700 seater, and there's oh, 150 god. people there. You know, it's, yeah, it sucks it's for the venue, it absolutely sucks for the for the artist. Yeah, you go to a
0: smaller venue, 150 people crammed in a room that's it's just perfect it and yeah. just energetic energy. Brought, it's right there. You take yep. that same amount of people, and move into a bigger room, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah. This sucks, mm-hmm. and everybody's thinking the same thing. Why isn't there anyone here? Yeah, this There's must suck. People here, <laughs> yeah. it's mm-hmm. great. These guys must suck. These no guys, guys are here. terrible. We'll give you my five bucks back. Yeah, yeah. Dick <laughs> said I could have this back. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Dick said. I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I just like I would love to see it happen, but I agree. And and I've been preaching, I've been preaching to a bands a lot lately, where I see so many times that a band will book a show. Whether you're a cover band and we speak to cover bands, original bands, we're just yeah. speaking to musicians around here. They will book a show the same night that the exact same band that they're covering or or right. sound like is playing down the road. Like oh, you don't right. you've, you've hmm. got to look ahead on your calendars yeah. around here in this area and go, What day is this happening on? Okay, That's I don't want to play on yeah. that day but too many people
2: don't don't yeah. think that and they don't look ahead I and mean, that's our market we have yeah. to and they get it's like oh just but we just want to play but you do have to you yes. have to look at those social calendars and see like what's mm-hmm. going on out there cuz it's you know it sucks it's it's hard enough to get people there with nothing going on yeah. Um, you know, depending on what and then you get options, you are. and by that time they're overwhelmed. Hey, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. Don't <laughs> exactly. overwhelm me but with options. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I will make this prediction right now. I don't know why it popped in my head. Probably because it's in my calendar. But uh, Chris Stapleton is playing the Jones County Fair yeah, on saw. a Saturday in July. No, nothing. There on will be you. three country bands playing somewhere in Cedar Rapids that <laughs> <Right>. night. <laughs> like, there will be, and That's no right. one will go see them. No one will like go. you, and I've, 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 I'll keep saying it. Keep I say sure. the same things again. If a show ever gets announced. Like a major show within five hours of our town, I put it in our calendar, in our yeah. band calendar. Well, that's wise. says very go, wise because it's seven months from now. But the next, when somebody's saying you should play this date, and it's an hour away from the Taylor Swift concert in Minneapolis, like why?
2: Yeah, it's already everyone's already going there. Why yeah, would we do pretty, that? I mean, that's mm-hmm. I mean that's smart. That's being you know proactive to, to your schedule. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think definitely. I mean, I'd like to see something like what we did happen again. Uh, you know, in Cedar Rapids, and it's something that I had talked about. It was coming out of the gate. We were looking at relocating, and I just—I was so fucking burned out yep. from two and a half years of really fighting a lot with with the two separate owners that had that space, who came off like they were buddies, and then and then turned into shit shows, and and it really sucked. So it just, it, I was like, I don't want to go through that again. And and what's the location? And you know, I'm gonna have the same ills that I had before same. to some extent. I mean, I'd be. Hopefully, smarter about how I rolled it out, but I, I, absolutely would love to see. I think there does need to be a small venue of that caliber because there's, you know, there's tons of national artists that mm-hmm. would absolutely come here, but you got to support them. Like right. you got to you got to show. We don't have to come to every show, no, you just know. Come but, to what you can. but a footprint that small of a venue, like that, I think, I think it's doable, and it doesn't have to sell out every. No, night, you know, 30, 40 people in a hundred, you know, room, yeah. 100, 100 capacity room. Still feels decent. There's still energy now, and hopefully, on the weekends, it's it's more than that. But if yeah. the right opportunity came along, do you think you would uh, you would help or maybe get
0: back involved in in that type of thing? If if the right
2: yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's far too important to me. I mean, you know, eat my ego aside, and and feeling like you know it, it really hurt. You know, in a lot of ways, financially. I mean, I put everything into that space that I had. Um, but yeah, but that it, that's that's neither here nor there. Like I love music, and I. I left Iowa because I couldn't do what I wanted to do in Iowa, you know, and then I came back and I was like, hey, how awesome would it be to to do something, you know, so people can stay? You know, my, my big pitch <clears throat> with the venue was that, you know, two things happen, and this is even with this nonprofit that we're working on right now, is two things happen with artists in communities like these. Is that either they leave. Because they have to go somewhere else to you know, to foster their talent and and build some momentum, or they just quit because they don't want to go to Chicago. They can't afford to go to Chicago. They're scared to go to Chicago or Nashville or Austin or L.A. or New York. So you know there could be you know you take artists like you know you look at the Minneapolis music scene. Now you know obviously it's a, it's a much larger city, but years ago when bands like The Replacements or even Prince, like yeah. you had a place like you know the Turf Club, like. You had, you know, the, the uh, excuse me, the First Avenue, there's, 400 Bar. There are places, like, artists could develop. And, like, an
0: excitement behind it where people had to, it's almost like when a, when an area gets popular, like, like the grunge scene in Seattle, there's this
2: excitement, and people are like, well, who's next? Like, yeah, I, want, I want to find the next band. And, momentum, absolutely. And that can, you know, your next Prince or grunge band or whatever, you know, you're Spoon or whomever you're into could absolutely be in Cedar Rapids, but if don't have an outlet, those two things will come into play. They're gonna leave, or they're gonna they're just not gonna do it, you know, because they don't have the place. You know, they don't wanna go to places and you know, a lot of places around here it's like you gotta play for three hours and bring your own PA. Well, no one wants to fucking hear original music unless you're Bruce Springsteen for four hours or three hours or whatever. (laughs) They just, they don't, you know? And our format, obviously, at where we were is, you know, at least two bands because they're doing original music and, like, mix it up and they have their own fans and there's, you know, there's some turnover and then some overlay, blah, blah, blah. So, I would you know, I would absolutely be involved if if that came up, you know? Because there's a lot of things that I didn't get to finish Mm -hmm. or take advantage of and, like, quarterly bringing in some larger names. Yeah. Um you know, which would great for ticket sales, but great for obviously for the profile and things of that nature. So yeah, maybe someday, I don't know. Well, in comparison
0: to like where you've been or where you guys have played or towns you've lived in, like, how do you, how do you compare just our music scene in Cedar Rapids to some of these other areas?
2: I mean, are we, are we, where are we at in the, in the barometer of music scenes? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, and a hard question because I don't, because there's not a lot of outlets for 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 me the you know my where I want to go um, to see music I, I don't they're not here mm-hmm. you know and selfishly like that's what i was trying to create you know in a lot of ways this like could okay, be the spot. this is where i want to go to see, watch yeah. music yeah. you know um, so it doesn't really happen so i can you know there are, like, i think the horse theory is a fucking great band i think trees reach is a fucking great band yes. um you know, Evan Stock is super yeah. fucking talented. Half Loves, if you heard, half of that, lo- yeah, I was just going to mention Half Loves are great. So mm-hmm. there's certainly there's certainly traction here, but you know that's not even you know that's a that's literally one hand yeah. of, of bands, and I know there's more out. Oh, there. there's so many. Um, yeah, but you don't you just don't hear. But about you don't it, hear then, because you don't have the outlet, exactly. and it's like so. Is it chicken or the egg? Is it like are the, do the outlets not exist because the bands aren't really there, or are the bands that really like, you know what I mean? Which which one yeah, is it? Which, which one happens first? So does the do the do the venues foster more bands and more artists coming out? You know, or do the you know do you have to have that and then the venues will start happening? And there's you know there's there's a lot of and I'll try not to go off on this because I'm talking a lot already, but. <laughs> you know there's a you know everybody's word, yeah. everybody's culpable i mean the audience and when i say culpable and, and i mean in that mean way it's like you know there's the investment investment of the the audience coming out to see it um you know the bands themselves doing their homework and putting a good show together you know not just hey man we're just gonna fucking jam for three hours like no like Dude, you know you don't have to like dress the part and like be all rehearsed and and phony but like you know and I'm not saying this is even happening, right. but you know, just like be prepared, play your show. Um, but venues got to like knock it the fuck off with yeah. the, with the no cover and you know treating like we're not beer salesmen, right? You know, I actually had a venue owner tell me like, you know, you're basically, and he wasn't even saying it in like a shitty no, he's way, just telling you, just like, like you know, you're really just selling beer. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> f- <laughs> fuck off, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. you know, yeah. you sell your beer, and and it, it, it's 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 a real. I mean that really sticks in your they're, craw when you're just like basically like that's why I'm here. That's why I spend time in the studio. Yeah, that's why I mean I,
0: I mean I know it helps. Yeah, like to, to make great. your bar work. Yeah. But,
2: but also it's a music venue. You and know? E- we're equal partners yeah. in this thing. Yeah. you know, you brought me in. A, I need to do my homework to bring people in, and you need to do your, your homework to bring people in. You know, like we are supposed to be working this together. But I think there's an idea of like again, and it falls back to like ah, eh, they're musicians, whatever. That's a fucking hobby. Um, That venues don't kind of give that respect and understand, you know, what we're all going through and why we're doing it. And I don't need someone like, you know, to understand me in some like emotional kind of a way. (laughs) I could give two fucking shits about it. Who cares? But, you know, but understand, like, you see all this shit in your bar that yeah. you fucking invested in. Well, it's almost as same much as thing, what's right? on my fucking stage. Maybe <laughs> Maybe <more. laughs> yeah. You know, and I, clearly that's that's going over over the no, over but, the top, that's, but that's that's what people don't understand. But yeah, man, and the and you know to get here and the car and the yeah. trailer and you know the truck and the trailer, like all this stuff, like adds up. And it's like, yeah, I made that choice, but we're we are in the same. Business, yeah. so like, let's do each other. A you solid made the choice to open this bar, like you know. Yeah. So we're trying to help you, yeah. and you know, and I don't, and, and I've been, you know, I've also cut my teeth in a very different totally. way totally. than in Cedar Rapids because I did leave. So I am used to like showing up and there's a PA and there's a sound engineer and people aren't eating fucking burgers in my face you know the
0: dinner crowd leaves around 10 so can you not sound check until then you're like come on dude (laughs) there's nothing worse than showing up and people are eating food and you're like well when do we sound check they're like oh 10 yeah what yeah.
2: time do we start? Ten. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's like, great. It's all awesome. the same. Line check. It'll be fine. Sure, it will. I'll mix you on the floor Yeah, unless Steve Albini's behind the board. I don't
1: know how <laughs> fine it's going to be. Well,
2: we
0: we've preached it from the start that that we do wish there was more respect um, for the local music community. We we wish there was more value placed on entertainment and on bands, but also we've preached that like we we need to be better too. Like Absolutely. Like your product. You think you said that at the very beginning. Like your product still has to be good yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't just just go well I, I learned how to play guitar and here's a song yeah. i wrote why don't you like it you know right. well because it's shit yeah it's terrible yeah. but like to work on that craft and to and to want to be better and to want to whether you're and maybe that's the problem is is whether you're talking cover bands or original bands there's what maybe 20 percent that are just, like, upper echelon, like, okay, this is this is legitimately good. Right. And then the I rest agree. are kind of muddy in the water a little bit, and too often people see the muddy-in-the-water bands, and they're like, eh, yep. they have, that band's whatever. They're not very good. Or, ooh, that that heavy metal band, I didn't really like them. But they didn't get a chance to see that upper echelon because right. they're,
2: they're just not being promoted or – I think part of that, Mike, is, like, is that going back to, like, you know, we'll play anywhere for totally anything kind for of a anything. thing. It's like – I, I, I get the mentality because you want to play if you just want to get better, but if you just want to go out and be heard, is a different thing. So it goes back to you know exactly what you're saying. Yep. Like, don't hide. You know, first and foremost, like. Don't say, well, man, this is just how we do things. It's our art. It's like, well, there's artistry to that as well. Like, present it in a way, like, I mean, and it's 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 all relative to the ear. Like, yeah. whoever's, you know, someone may love it, someone may not. But, like, to some degree, like, you know when someone has their shit together yeah, and when they you don't can tell. have their shit together, no matter the genre, the style. We, we've all and said and it stuff.
0: before, like, well, I don't really like this genre or i really don't like this band
2: but like holy shit they're really good at what yeah, they do. you find you like, said it before uh, yeah, yeah that drummer kills and that guy technically Yeah, you find
0: something that you like about it and and compliment them on like dude that was really great right <laughs> nice exactly. job well so i mean really in closing it up man i mean um i'd love to hear more about like your new album coming out and how people can support it and where they can see you play and
2: right on. when it's coming out um, well, we think it's coming up in <laughs> the middle of March, <laughs> uh, but there's still some work to be done. And so we're doing, we're doing a show at Shuba's in Chicago on the 16th. Shuba's is pretty cool, right? Yeah. I've never that.
0: been there, but I've heard it's, it's a pretty a, nice it's venue. It's a great
2: music venue. It's like one of the, like the great small venues. I think it's like 200 cap. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then there's the Lincoln's, uh, Lincoln Hall, which is the sister to that, which is like 500, but we're right. doing the smaller one. Um, so, we'll, and then a, a lot more shows in in April, um, like I know, we're playing Iowa City at the Mill. I know we're playing. Uh, where are we playing in Des Moines? Vaudeville Muse. Oh yeah, yeah, Perfect. yeah. So we're doing some Midwest dates, and then, and mostly in the spring, and then we're making our way out to San Francisco and in June and then nice. everything's kind of up in the air as far as Just like what happens see after what happens that, from there uh, yeah. so it'll be on iTunes it'll be on Spotify it'll be on on all kind of the you know the digital format well and we all your all music
0: have. currently is on there as all well, that right?
2: shit's on there yeah all so
0: whether right? you type in Dickie or Dick Prawl or Dick, Dick Prawl Pal- Project Band right or whatever, right. or whatever. Like you're yeah. gonna find it yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. you're gonna find it eventually yeah
2: old fucker who won't quit I need to pull that up it'll, it'll, that douchebag guy whatever yeah that shaved his beard off I liked it better with a beard cover that shit it up covered
0: all right that up. seo and that, you know. yeah right well what about like social media and stuff like that are you guys pretty big
3: on that Getting there, yeah. <laughs> Bu- building <laughs> that. Take it play, young man. I'm like the world's worst millennial, <laughs> and I, I tell you what, <laughs> he's like me. You're an old well, fucking so man. Where, is well, it's funny. A little quick story. We were in the studio, and Dick was making some tea, and he's like, "Will you set your timer for 15 minutes? I'm going to go do some vocals." And I was like, going through my phone and like setting the timer, and then one of the guys that was in the studio just goes, "Hey Siri, set my timer for 15 minutes." Yeah, and, 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 and it goes, sure thing. And it, yep, and it does. So, like, I'm sitting there, like, putting my reading glasses I, on. Like, <laughs> Wait a minute. Can I tell my phone to, like, turn the flashlight on? Yeah, probably. I want to
0: say, how do I do this? Hey, Siri, turn my flashlight on. Oh my God! It's on. She even yeah, told me it's on, in saying. case my eyes were closed. Yeah, it'll do Thanks, that. Siri. Wow. That's. I mean, that, you're right. Thank you for opening my eyes. Yeah, that. right. Yeah, and I, I had no the idea. Thing. I just it's yeah, like a little st- butler, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the like, st- Yeah, but it uh, stuff. but
3: yeah. So, uh, social media wise, uh, yeah, we're same on. Thing, right? we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. We do the tweet. We have someone who uh, actually. Yeah, yeah, we've got better
2: millennial friends. Nate Ray nay say hey Do you, is that a hired person that that does that stuff for you or is he, that more he's a uh, he used to work actually at the at the Dick's Tap and Shake room and he's just become a really really good friend mm-hmm. and just been really supportive he comes out on the road with us he's an incredible artist he's a great photographer Jack of all trades. Completely, social, you need that man. Yeah, he's yep. like yeah, he's like a Renaissance kid who does all this shit and and he's great. So he's been very very helpful. Awesome. We'd be lost without him. He did our Kickstarter video. Oh, see, I was gonna say that's a huge part of Kickstarter. Is yep. if you don't have a really good video, yeah, that was uh, visuals, yeah. man. Yeah, it's people expect you know they expect to be you know so you just step it up and, and having him on board allows us to step it up mm-hmm. in that regard so we we drag him out as often as we can <laughs> so peeps can find you on the on the, yep, on and the, the Facebook and on the Facebook it's d-i-c-k-i-e music dot com is our website and then just Dickie Music on I guess on Facebook as well and yeah and, and uh, you, but if you go to the
3: website it's got links to all
0: that your website's well. great by the way thank I, you I was, I was on it today and we're i think
2: bumping it we're redoing it so i don't
0: think that's, that's many people put a value on websites anymore but because we talked our last episode facebook is sort of your website now yeah but but it's so terrible looking and yeah.
1: hard to yeah. it's hard to navigate yeah. it's hard to navigate and yeah
2: what's nice about websites are we're streamlined you know the industry's figured out like streamline it more, make it basically like your what they call an EPK and yeah. like your electronic mm-hmm. press kit for your kids out there. Um, and that's really what it's, it's yeah. for. You one know. one it's
0: link and it's got
2: anything you need you to go boom, to right exactly. there. Exactly. And if you yeah. need any kind of like some you know, other promo stuff, you can go to a, you know, like a backdoor thing and, and it'll it'll open that up. We have, you know, we send that off to booking or to talent buyers and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So yeah well we're i appreciate trying. it guys man i think you're doing great man <laughs> we're trying man. i was thank i revisited
0: you. your catalog a little bit today and i just oh, um, i i love what you do i seriously i love your songs i love what you do thank you and i hope that you continue to to
2: chase that one percent moment we, because we hope and thanks for having us and thanks all for we'll yeah, do for doing it. this yeah, you of know, course and and keep putting the bug in the ear of other folks about yep. uh help in Cedar Rapids build its scene whether it's for, you know venues you know if you know someone with money get them out there to <laughs> to do a venue I'll help them try to not fail as much as like, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try
0: to not so we'll learn from our failures <laughs> right. and we'll, we'll rise exactly. above right. that's what we've been trying to do is I think I don't think anyone's going to help our scene other than the musicians oh themselves. absolutely that's what so sure happens if we're all on so we've had some big blowouts but they needed to happen we've weeded out people that are never going to help our scene out and now yeah. it's just like how oh, do we do good. this guys yeah. what do we do
1: yeah. I don't know yeah. we gotta take ownership of it no yes. one's gonna do it for us yeah. it's just the way it is <laughs> well AJ Vince thanks as always Dick Paul Billy Barton thanks for
0: having go us go see thank you for Billy uh, he makes a great cocktail down at Black Sheep uh, I do mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> only, only when he's there and he's not on tour exactly right, yeah. <laughs> well thanks folks appreciate you coming by All right. Yeah, alright later
2: care, taking me on again taking me on again Sit on the porch when day breaks With one extra bowl of conflicts You're taking me on again You're taking me on again again. You say you don't belong here But I can't keep from waiting for the next day to come So I can shout out to everyone